He's called us to a month of prayer. And, and we're going to get into that today. But before I do, there's this uh, uh, priest and a, and a church bus driver. They died and went to heaven. And they get up in heaven and they're, they're of course, in front of St. Peter and Jesus and all this. And they're reviewing their lives. And, and they take this bus driver, the church bus driver, my church bus drivers, and they takes them into this great big mansion. This place is huge. It's decked out. It's the best. And they took the preacher into this shack. I mean, it's a real little tiny shack. And the preacher asked the, the St. Peter and Christ, what in the world's going on? And they said, when you preached, people slept. When he drove, people prayed. Okay? Come on, Digger. You can at least give me a smile. But, but that's how important. We need to pray. And we need to pray more. And, and that's what God has called me in the Oakton, I believe, to do the month of September. And he's called us to come together as a group as a congregation in agreement of prayer. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But, but the Lord put on my heart, Satan wishes to sift you. Satan wishes to sift everybody in this room. He wishes to have us. And he's going to great extremes to have us. And he's doing unbelievable things that you can't imagine to have each and every one of us. But if you get to looking at that scripture, Jesus says, but... But I'm praying for you, and I'm standing in the gap for you, and, and this isn't going to happen. So repent. Get your heart back to Jesus. I'm paraphrasing this scripture. And go strengthen the brother. And that's what Christ is telling me that, that we need to be about this month is, is coming together in corporate prayer and agreeing. And standing together. God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. And he reminds us of his faithfulness. I was out uh, uh, running and praying the other day. And, and I was over on the west. It seems like on the west end of the cemetery, the Lord really speaks to me. And I think it's because it's the darkest, furthest point away. And it was dark, you know. I don't know. But, but, but he, he spoke to me about his faithfulness. And he reminded me of Psalms. And you guys can go ahead and put that scripture up. But Psalms, uh, um, uh, or excuse me, Joel 2.23. And, and anyway, the, the scripture talks about, Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains, as before. Again, because he is faithful. Well, what was so unique, unique about that day? It was Thursday and it was raining. And I, you know, we woke up, man, it was pitch black outside and it wasn't raining. And I thought, I'll wait a little bit and work on my sermon. Then I'll go out and pray and run and all that stuff. But it was just black as black could be. But boy, the minute I went out there, it started raining. It was thundering. It was storming to the point I thought, well, maybe I need to go inside or I might get hit by lightning. And, and I was thinking about that. And the Lord reminded me of this scripture, that rain is a representation of his faithfulness. And he was reminding the farmers the rains lately of his faithfulness because we needed that rain. Uh, we've needed the rains that we've gotten. And he was reminding us of his faithfulness. But for us to walk in that faithfulness and to, to bask in that faithfulness, we have to be people of prayer. 
And that's what I want to really focus on this month, that, that we need to be faithful people of prayer. And so what I'm wanting to title this message is, is RPWF 30. And what it is, is God is calling Oakton to repent is R, pray is P, W is word, and F is fast. And when we do those things, we're going to experience revival. So we're taking the month of September 1 through 30, 30 days of prayer. Uh, Today is, again, second day of September. Uh, Amy's made up a calendar that's on a... Instagram and Facebook, and it's something we can pray about every day. Now, there's some holes in there that we're going to be filling up, but today is for our nation and our president. But you can go to Instagram, and you can see these, and we can agree as prayer for our president, America, and this today. But if you need a prayer request, put it on there and let us pray as a congregation. You can put unspoken, but God has called us to a month of prayer, a month of agreeing together. Uh, Wednesday nights on the 12th, the 19th, and the 26th, we're going to have a a prayer based on the word and an agreement. Uh, We're going to be setting up some some prayers on the overhead. We'll have our scriptures of the day, the the week that we're going to be reading, so that we can come in here. And we're going to kind of base it on the way one camp is, is that you come in, you study your word, and, and you're praying, and you're seeking God, and you're writing down what he's telling you. And in the end, we're going to come up, and we're going to pray together and talk about it but a month of agreed prayer and just standing together, but we're taking three nights on Wednesday to do corporate prayer. I challenge you guys to come out and be a part of this. And even if you got ball games, ball practice, and can only be here 10 minutes, I challenge you to come out for 10 minutes. If you can only come at 6.30 to 6.40, I would challenge you these three times, three days, three days of just coming out in agreement of prayer. Again, repentance, prayer, Word and fasting is what we're going to be focusing on. The Lord even told me to set a table up over here of communion to where you can go up and and you can take communion and you can have communion with your family because, again, repentance brings revival. And so and we're uh, also when we move into our relationship with Jesus Christ, when we lay things at his feet that aren't good in our life, he can forgive us and we're even closer to him. So a time of just growing in the Lord as a congregation as a group, as a fellowship. Oakton Carthage is participating in this with us. Uh, the Oakton Carthage group, Jim and, and, and Angie, are working with us. We're doing things. They're going to be doing it down there. So if you're in Joplin and you can't get back, go to Carthage and, and do it with them from 7 to 8. It's going to be the same idea, same principle. Uh, Pastor Embar is going to be agreeing. They have a women's group on Wednesday night, and they're going to be doing the same things with this women's group. But also, if you guys are interested, another night works for you. On the first Saturday of each month, from 6 a.m. to 12 noon, there's prayer and fasting at Oakton Carthage. Just go to the church. On the second Friday of each month, from 7 p.m. to 12 p.m., is prayer at the church. And so these are times that we can come together as a body of Christ and believers and just pray and saturate ourselves with prayer. Now, when the Lord told me, and, and, and I believe shared with us, to RPFW 30 for the month, I was like, Lord, what's the scripture behind it? And he shared with me, watch and pray. And you can read about this, or but Google it. It's going to pop up to you in Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's going to talk about Jesus telling his disciples, keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And that is out of Matthew 26, 41. Christ said to stand up 
and, and watch. And I noticed our reading is watch today. Be watchmen and, and to stand up and pray and seek the things of God. And we're going to get into the second part of that scripture later. But again, Matthew, Mark, Luke all talk about this stand that Christ wants us to do together. Today I'm going to read to you out of Luke uh, in that that. Uh, that gospel there of how Luke is bringing this across to us in Luke twenty two thirty nine, And again, I'll be referring to Mark. I'll be referring to Matthew because this is the prayer of all things that Jesus told us to, to talk about today was his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, another thing to remember today is John chapter 17, I believe, is the prayer that Jesus prayed and that he was recorded in John 17 that went on in the Garden of Gethsemane. I think that that same day. So really, there's four accounts. And this is how important it is to Jesus. Man, when it's in the Gospels, every Gospel, we need to pay attention to it. We need to watch and pray and press in like never before. And so we'll read from this account from Luke. Then, accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed. Now in Mark, and I think, or yeah, in Mark, and I think in Matthew, it'll say he prayed, Abba, Father. And that's significant. Abba is a powerful statement. But Abba, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Then an angel from the heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to his disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation." There's three or four things, actually six or seven things there that, that I saw in this prayer that Jesus prayed. And I'm sure that you're going to see lots more than, than what I saw in this passage of Scripture. But the first thing that I see in here is Jesus loved God more than we could ever imagine. He cried out, Abba, Father. Abba means a very closely connected relationship with God. Jesus was one in unity with God. And again, in John 17 says, he was praying that we would be one as him and God were one. Jesus was a single person with God. That's how tight they were. The one summer camp shirts we get, that's where the one came from, that we, the body of Oakton, would be in one unity One person with Christ with each other. And that's what Jesus was. He loved God so much that they were looked at as one. The Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. But I always like to add in there, it's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Those that believe, the believer. So Larry, it's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and you. It's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and Mary. It's all four of us. We are one if we want to be. And we can be that close to God just by praying. Just by seeking his face, getting on our knees, and that's what we need to do. The scripture goes on to say that, that Jesus resented the, the, the cup. He didn't want to take the cup. And I really bothered me. I thought about that because Jesus came into the world to take our sins. 
I, 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 I don't think he had a problem with taking our sins. I think he had a problem with the result of taking our sins. You see, sin separates. And I believe that Jesus knew when he took that cup of all of our sin that God would turn his back upon him just for a little bit. And he loved God so much that he didn't even want for a little bit to be separated from God that he cried out, Eli, Eli, oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I'm not saying the other wasn't there, but I think that was his cry. He loved God so much that that he didn't even want to be away from him for a split second. And it all was from prayer and pressing in to the things of God. Luke 22, 39 says that uh, earlier I read it up and, uh, and he came out and went as it was his habit. A lot of your Bibles will say customs. A lot of them will say whatever, but it was a habit that he prayed. It wasn't something that he just decided to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He did it all the time. It was a habit, which means it happened quite frequently. He prayed with a passion, number five. He prayed with such a passion that an angel of the Lord came and appeared and strengthened him. Jesus even strengthened, pressed in more fervently. Fervently means passion, overwhelming. He pressed in even more, even to the point that his spirit was in agony. And that's something that agony is extreme mental or physical suffering. So to the extent that he sweat blood like great drops and it fell to the ground. And, and the Lord spoke to me is that we think when we go into prayer, it's always going to be touchy-feely. And, and we think it's, oh, la, 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 la. Man, sometimes you're going to have some agony praying through. Man, I've been through some agony lately, and it hurts to pray, and I don't want to pray about it. I don't want to bring it up. I'm tired of it, but I press through because I know the only answer is with God. Agony. Sometimes it's going to be hard, but we just got to press in. We press through because we know that he loves us, and we love him, and he's going to do even more. The other thing the Holy Spirit showed me from this, and I don't know if I have it in my note or up on the board, but the Holy Spirit showed me that, that Christ prayed. And he prayed to the point that, that he was so weak that he had to be strengthened. In other words, he met the throne of God. And the Lord spoke to me. That's where many of us, me, Kent, Pastor Kent, that's where you fall short. So many times you pray and you find me, you experience me, and you stop. Jesus didn't stop when he touched the throne of God and the angel of the Lord strengthened him. He pressed in even more fervently because he had God's ear and he wanted God to hear it all. And then so many times we come in and we go to church and it makes us feel a little bit better, but we don't press in. We hit the throne, but we don't press in. We have a wonderful worship today. Man, we hit the throne. Did we press in and say, by the way, God, you're here. Touch my life. Heal my body. By the way, God, you're here. Bring forgiveness into my life. Take this hurt and pain away. By the way, God, I'm pressing in even more fervently. I'm going to get into those things that are agonizing, that hurt, that I don't even want to talk about because you're here and I want to break them down. That's what Jesus was doing there. And if we want to be a people of prayer, that's what we need to do. If we want to experience God, that's what we need to do. We need to press in when it don't feel good. We need to press in when it hurts. And there's going to be good times too. But a lot of times when it's good, we don't press in because we're getting a touchy-feely. You know, they always said the Spirit comes in waves. And I agree with that. But I think it's because we come in waves. 
But my experience in ministry, it's always like this. I leaned over to Jim and I said, Jim, pray for me. Man, I torched all I had the first service. I have no zeal or no fire. I'm tired. In other words, I was on the downside. I needed more of the Holy Ghost to get through this service. The second point I want us to, to think about today was apathy. Apathy is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, and concern for God. That's apathy. Jesus asked his disciples three times to watch and pray. In Luke, it says, get up and pray so that you will not give into temptation. And then you can read it in the other chapters. I put 39 and 46, but I forgot to put Mark or Luke or Matthew, whichever one it was. But, but the temptation the disciples battled was sleeping. Luke 22, why are you sleeping? Sleep is defined as inactive senses. So when you're sleeping, you're inactive. Apathy. It goes on to say, and I believe that the disciples had apathy, lack of interest, enthusiasm, concern with what was going on in Christ's life at the time. And I I mean, you can say for whatever, it may have been good reasons. Gary gave a good word the other day and it made me think. Gary's word the other was that they were so overwhelmed with all that Christ told them, they just couldn't deal with it. Whatever reason it was, they weren't in tune with Christ. Good things keep us out of tune with Christ just as much as bad things keep us out of tune with Christ. But but the disciples were sleeping. They were inactive. They were operating in apathy. And Christ said that's the way the church would be in the last day. If you're not hot or cold, but you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And that's the fear that Christ had for the church. And he wasn't talking to the unbelievers here, guys. He's talking to the believers in this scripture that's up here. That in the last days, the church would have a problem with apathy. And I believe that the church across the board has trouble with apathy in America. The spirit of apathy is a very dangerous thing. It's trying to destroy the church. It's trying to destroy the nations. I believe this this struggle started June 25th, 1962, when the church allowed prayer to be removed from public school. The The churches had lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern to protect prayer in our schools equals apathy. In 1962, the U.S. Supreme Court examined a 22-word prayer children used to acknowledge God. That prayer went like this. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee, and we beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers, our countries. My goodness, that's what we need to be praying. A 22-word simple prayer that says, God, I can't do it without you. I need you. And our Supreme Court judged that prayer and said it was inadequate and took it out of the schools. Well, most of us weren't born that day. I know I wasn't. But that apathy has built, and it's built, and it's built to where we've become a nation that no longer goes to God in prayer first, but goes to prayer in God last. And I'm afraid that it's dipping into the churches. And the Lord showed me it's trying to dip into here, and we need to press in with prayer now more than ever. I pray that that when you heard that we called a month of prayer and you had to give up your Wednesday night Bible study, that you didn't say, oh, my God. We're going to have to pray. Let's pray. And I don't think anybody's done that, but prayer is that important. 
And corporate prayer is even more important than that. We need to press in because it does affect this nation. Man, I tell you, last year we went into the, this last May, and I know people work, but, but I went to the National Day of Prayer in Lamar, the, organized for Barton County, of 15 plus thousand people, and we had 80 people come out for organized prayer. And, you know, I, I know that people work, and I know that people do things, but it's just not top on our list anymore, it doesn't seem like. And, and I, I, I'm repenting of this just like anybody else would be. But our denomination has failed and is failing and it is powerless because we've taken God out of our denomination. We've taken prayer out of our denomination like it should be. And it's not number one anymore. And I don't want it to happen at Oakton and I refuse to have it to happen at Oakton. We need to press in and we need to pray now more than ever. You see, when we're not praying and we're in apathy, we're in no man's land. And there's a slide behind me of a picture in World War II that we're in no man's land. And what no man's land meant was if you was an American and you got caught in the middle, you went to the German side, they're going to shoot you, period. Well, if they didn't know you as American, they can't tell because of all the smoke and fog and you're walking that way, there's sharpshooters that are picking people off. You're in no man's land. Your chance of survival was zilch. When we take ourselves out of prayer and move into apathy, we're saying, God, we don't want you no more. God, we don't need you no more. God, I don't need to pray. And we're, we're praying for Satan. Satan's wishes to sift you. But Jesus is praying to keep you. But you got to walk into that. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. Answered prayers depended upon obedience to God's word. 1 Samuel 16, 14, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. He became disobedient. He quit praying to God, and he wasn't feeling God. It, wasn't, it was hard to pray. He wasn't seeing the results he wanted to see. He wasn't doing the things he wanted to do. So he, what's he do? He goes to a fortune teller, a witch. And he asked for Samuel. Come on. But he put himself in no man's land. He made himself vulnerable. Lack of obedience is apathy. Apathy is lack of obedience. Oakton, do we struggle with apathy? Do we struggle with lack of interest, enthusiasm, concern for what God is doing here? Do we care what God is doing at Oakton today? Was your response to RPWF, praise God. And you're going to hear me say that a lot today because you want to think about an intimidating service to runner is it is intimidating to me to run a service for an hour and a half with prayer because we don't know how to pray, meaning I don't know how to pray. That's intimidating. You give me a book, it's easy. Give me the Bible, it's easy. Pray. Can I just pray to God for an hour and a half as a corporate? Is that enthusiastic? Is that, is that cool to you? Do we even go to the point that we protect the integrity of Oakton, its pastors, and its people? Paula Wingert, by the way, Paula, I think you're in Babyland earlier, but happy birthday. But she posted on Facebook a quote from Francis Tan. 
Think back to the scene in 2 Chronicles 7 when the fire came down and God's glory filled the temple. Would you have considered taking a sledgehammer and striking the temple? Of course not. Then why are we so quick to gossip, slander, leadership, and divide the church? We are God's t- t- temple, reside on the in- and he resides on the inside of us. Francis Chan. Pray. Come together in prayer. Lifting each other up. Trust your pastor. Trust your pastor. Trust me. Fortunately, my dad told me growing up, I'm going to say this, and I blew him off until I got into ministry. And mom preached this in this, in this. When you hear something bad about you going around, they say you don't believe a word of it until that person tells you themselves. When you hear somebody has done something or whatever, you don't repeat it until that person tells you themselves and they would have told me not to even repent it. And boy, when I got into ministry, so true. The things that fly around, you wouldn't believe. Everybody loves everybody. And we need to always remember that. Fortunately, God gave us his spirit. In Matthew and Mark both, Jesus said, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. This is the part that pumped me up because so many times we spin this negative, but the spirit indeed is willing, Jesus said, but the flesh is weak. And what Jesus was saying is, is that spirit of Christ resides in us. Man, man, the flesh may be weak, but our spirit is strong. Christ, if you're a believer here today, Christ's spirit resides in you. Man, your spirit is strong as Christ. You have the same power to raise people from the dead that raised Christ from the dead. It's in you. And what Jesus was saying here is, hey, take authority in your life and put the spirit in control over the flesh. That's what Jesus was telling them. He was saying, you guys got power over your flesh. The spirit is more powerful in you. You guys realize what David did when he he slept with Bathsheba? got her pregnant, killed her husband, and Nathaniel come to him, and he said, boy, you did this, and he's all upset. He run to the Lord, and this is what he prayed in Psalms 51. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Father, put my spirit in charge. Father, when I don't feel like it, put my spirit man in charge. Father God, don't let my flesh control me. We have that authority in our life. Jesus, man, he's like, man, you guys, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Take control of your lives and pray your spirit man into control. The spirit part of man is under God's control, and it strives against human weakness. Man, your spirit's going to work against your weakness. Go read Galatians 5. Man, go read it. It's powerful. That spirit's in you. Jesus did it himself, and this is what I'm going to close with today. But how, how, how did Jesus do this? How did Jesus get through temptation? You know, he did the same thing. That actually, this is, I found out later, this is exactly what God has called us to do this month. 
But there's a couple things. At first, well, we'll just get into it. I'm just going to go through them. Jesus moved in the Holy Spirit. But then he went into temptation. He couldn't sin. We'll get into that later. We do. So we're repenting. So that's two. Prayer. P. W. Word. F. Fasting equals revival. And we see these, all of these things manifest through Jesus' temptation. Number one, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I've never caught this, and it pumped me up so much. Jesus entered the wilderness filled with the Holy Ghost, Luke 4.1. Jesus returned or left the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's powerful to me. He went in there, and he did RPWF. Man, he moved out, except it was T for him because he didn't. He was without sin. But he went in there and he overcame and he went out under the anointing more powerful than ever. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You guys know the scripture. He's anointed me. And he took authority over his life from then on. When we RPWF, we get the same thing, but we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the disciples were found asleep, exhausted from grief in the garden of Gethsemane. They needed the Holy Ghost. Uh, man, he said, but the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to give our spirit man control and be filled by the Holy Spirit as well. In other words, Christ's spirit resides in us at salvation. That's what we talked about. But there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that thrusts us over in the power and the authority. And that's what Christ was operating in. Man, we ought to be shouting here today. This is all shouting ground stuff. Man, Satan wishes to have you. And Jesus is telling us the answers right here in front of us. Again, two was temptation. Jesus went through all temptations without sin. We struggle with sin. Take time to reflect on our sin and repent. Repentance brings life. Stay in repentance. It's so important. Jesus went through the same things that we go through and overcame, and he will bring us through the the same things. He can't help us when we're in no man's land. But if we do what the Word said today, so when you have repented, Turn to me. Jesus again says, Satan's wanting to sift you, Peter. Satan's wanting to sift all of us here today. Recognize that. I am praying for you, Jesus said. I'm standing in the gap. So now you repent and turn to me. Repentance is turning to Christ. And oh, it's a glorious day today. The reason I'm so pumped today, Brother Brad over here coming to church today, and he knows I'm going to do this. But, but the Lord's been working on him. And he's been here a couple times, three, four, five times before. But he came in today, and, and we're talking up there, and he said, I need to accept Christ as my Lord. And I say, why wait till church time? And we went to Christ, and he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today. Let's give the Lord praise. <laughs> Satan wished to sift you, and you felt that. And he was pulling you, and it was tough. And I'm not going to get into detail, but he was sifting at him. He wanted to have him. He wanted to kill him, steal from him, destroy him. Jesus was praying for him, interceding for him, standing to God. God demonstrated his love for us, and while we had sinners, Christ died. Jesus was doing all that. He was moving, and my brother received. And Jesus said, so repent and turn to me, and then go encourage the brother and restore the brother. That was the word that he gave us to do. Love God and love the brother. Love God and love the brother. Man, isn't that powerful what Jesus is doing here? So again, Jesus was without sin, but he battled the same temptations we do. And we're going to get into that in just a second. 
But our power comes when we stay in repentance. You know, Peter, he accepted and moved out in Christ, and he said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, and it will give, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He released that to you today. He releases that to every believer in this house today. He gives us all the same thing. Jesus doesn't withhold from others and give to some. It's how much you want. It's what you want today. Brad's going to get baptized at the end of the service because we want him to do it all today. And we're going to baptize him by wants to stay around, can stay around and enjoy that time of celebration. The third thing is prayer. A move of the Holy Spirit is often dependent on God's people praying. Disciples spent 10 days in prayer meeting and then they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It took time. They prayed. They prepared. Billy Graham ministry, crusades. The team spent weeks in prayer that God would bless them in their meetings. Are you praying for these meetings here today? Are we standing in the gap for each other? Are we lifting each other up in the things of God? Are we encouraging each other and, and praying for our life groups and our, our fellowship groups and all these things that are going on or Sunday school teachers? Are we praying that, that God's going to move upon them in a mighty way? George Mueller, how many of you ever heard of him? I didn't hear of him until lately, and there's so many people know him, and I'm like, wow, this guy was phenomenal. With two pence, in other words, two pennies, and prayer, in 60 years he took care of 10,000 orphans in England. He kept records of his prayer, and prayer records filled with more than 30 or 3,000 pages. His prayer notes showed that more than 30,000 prayers were answered. Why we, that's why we need to journal. Man, the, this guy prayed and he wrote it down. And, and when God moved, he wrote it down. And, and, and man, he had this journal. 30,000 prayers answered. I'm like, God, have you answered any of my prayers? Man, talk about apathy. God's moving in our lives and we don't realize it. And we need to write it down and, so we can make a log of it. But one time a milk truck just happened to break down in front of the orphanage on the day when the, they had no milk. The truck driver came in and said, this milk is going to spoil. Would you guys like some of it? And all their needs were met that day. Powerful. That was one of 30,000 prayers answered. God's doing the same thing today. I can go into all the things Oakton's doing, all the things that's going on to your life. We need to continue to press into prayer. We tend to pray more fervently, though, when we're threatened or under some kind of pressure. And, and, and that's okay, but let's learn to pray all the time. You know, the disciples, or the, when they were threatened, they spent a little bit of time on the threat, but they spent a lot of bit of time, a lot of time on, Lord, we need you. Empower us, give us boldness, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They even asked for the Holy Spirit to refresh them in Acts chapter 4. Our first response to temptation should be prayer and word. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in corporate prayer and prayed to God. Word number four. Satan attacked Jesus the same way he attacks us, same way he attacked Adam and Eve. Peter even talks about these three things. But the stones, he said, Number one, make the stones become bread. People do not live on bread alone. Matthew 4 is what Jesus said. We read that in. He quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. The second thing, 
Satan offered Jesus the kingdom of the, and the authority of the world. Man, do we want that? And, and he responded, Deuteronomy 6.13. He asked and he tested the Lord. And, and Jesus' response was Deuteronomy 6.16. Jesus responded by the word and everything he did. He, he stepped out. First off, he believed and then he spoke it. And that's what we need to do as believers here today. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says that we need to, to, to believe and speak the word over all of our lives. And since we have the same spirit of faith, get that. Did you guys hear that today? We have that same spirit that resides in us for joy, love, whatever we need. But a lot of us say we don't have faith. You got the same spirit of faith that Jesus had. It's in your spirit. Don't say that you don't have faith. It's clear. It's right here. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, press into that word. And so he's going on here according to what is written. I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. That's what we should do as believers. We believe God's word and then we speak it over our lives against the situations in our lives. This is salvation 101 or or the ABCs of salvation. Uh, Today, we did it with, with Brother Brad. Today, do you believe? Confess it. Speak it. And he did that. And he saved. And we stand on that for our salvation. Why can't we stand on the word for other things? Why can't we speak the word and confess the word and believe it over our life in other areas? For with the heart our one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confesses is made for salvation. So salvation, again, believe, confess. If you got a mountain in your life, man, how many of us got mountains? I got both hands up. How many of us got mountains in our lives? Man, they're, they're just all over the place. And we stare at them and scared and walking in fear when, when Jesus said, For surely I say to you, whatever you say, speak to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he say will be done, he will have whatever he says. Speak and believe. It's, it's, it's 101. We need to, to believe, we need to speak it, and we need to act. And, and Jim hit it earlier today, and we didn't orchestrate this service today, but Jim talked about the woman that was bleeding earlier, and, and, and she stepped out in faith. If you read the word here that's before you on the board there, it said she, when she heard the word in 20, verse 27, in other words, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith came into her life when she hears the word. So we need to read the word and faith will come into our lives as well. And then the second thing, she believed, if only I can touch his clothes, believe. Third, she spoke it, I shall be made whole. Fourth, she did it. She believed it, she spoke it, and she received it. Anything that God, man, guys, anything that you're battling in your life that is not of God, and the word will tell you what's of God and not of God is a curse. Anything you're battling in your life, sin, sickness, death, anything that's not of God that, that Satan puts out there is a curse. And you know what Jesus says in Galatians? Jesus says in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. He took care of it. We just got to believe and speak it. Man, lately I've been praying against sickness. I curse that sickness in Jesus' name because it's a curse and, and Jesus paid the price on the tree. 
Man, we need to realize the power and authority that God gives us as believers here today. See, word is a release of power and creative force. Uh, that was a quote from Kenneth Copeland. Word is a release of power and creative force. Jesus left the garden in power and anointing. When we're in the Word, it, it, it encourages us and gives us power and anointing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God so we can get encouraged and strengthened and we can speak it and then we can believe it and then it happens. Amen, Pastor. Fasting. Jesus fasted 40 days. Fasting is simply rejection of the flesh. We've already said it. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word proceeds from the mouth of God. We're bringing our flesh into submission. Jesus fasted 40 days. He's bringing his flesh under submission. It's saying, flesh, you're not in control. Earlier, Jesus said what? To us, the, 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 the spirit is strong, but the flesh is weak. However that word was earlier, that spirit's in us. Man, it's there. And we just got to do it. We just got to step out into this and, and say, flesh, you're under our feet. Flesh, you don't have no power here. Flesh, you're not in control. David wanted his spirit man in control. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Make me willing to obey. It's that same theme. Sometimes it's going to be agonizing. We're not going to like it because we're out of God's will and we like what we're doing. But we're seeing it's just destroying our lives. And so it's agony sometimes. But boy, when we give it up, it's a relief. I see it all the time. That when we let go and let God it brings a release into our life like we wouldn't believe. But, but, but I challenge you guys, we're going to be fasting the month of, uh, of, on the Wednesdays this month. And I would challenge you to fast on Wednesdays. And, and guys, I, I think you, you need to fast something. When you're, when you've, a lot of times people say, I'll fast, I'm not going to wear this shirt. And, and I'm just using that as silly as an example. Well, when are you praying? Uh, fasting is, is when you're not going to eat your lunch because you're going to go pray instead. Jesus fasted 40 days because he was going to pray and read his word. Okay? So he was telling your flesh that you're not in control because I'm going to, I'm going to give God time here. And you guys know how this goes. Anytime I start a diet, I gain weight because my flesh is like, oh, no, it's been an hour. you got to eat something. And there's days that I don't eat till 9 o'clock and it doesn't bother me. But if I go on a diet, man, it, I know it's the first hour because my flesh don't want to come in control of my spirit and that's all fasting is it's saying god we're going to give up our phone for 30 minutes and i'm going to pray to you god i'm not going to watch this football game for this three hours because i'm going to go pray to you god i'm going to give up my wednesday nights and come out and join this prayer of agreement with the church because i'm going to give that hour and a half and i'm going to fast that night to you that's how i'm plugging the wednesday because i think it's that important I think if you got 10 minutes at the end or 10 minutes in the beginning or 10 minutes in the middle, it's worth it. But I pray that you're there for the whole hour and a half because the end result is revival. Jesus entered the wilderness filled with the Holy Spirit. He left under the power and anointing of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that, that those oppressed will be free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's us now. That's what we are to be doing. That is the calling that's upon our life now. And that's why Jesus said again, Satan's wanting to sift you. 
but I'm standing in the gap for you, and I'm not going to let it happen. The only way it's going to happen is if you want it to happen. If you want that unforgiveness to eat your life up, it's going to. If you want that debt to eat your life up, it's going to. And whatever it is, but if you say, Jesus, you're with me, I repent, and I turn to you. And Jesus says, now go strengthen the brother, deliver him, set him free, pray for healing, lead him to Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you to proclaim the gospel. The Lord really hit me with this. Satan wishes to have us, and and God has moved upon us like you wouldn't believe today. He's here, but if you're like me, faith and action just stopped because we're thinking about other things now. Or faith and hap- uh, just we start thinking too much. In other words, we hit the throne. Man, we hit the throne today. God is here in worship. I already said it earlier, we didn't press through. God, I guarantee you, has put something on your heart today that he wants to set you free of, but you need to repent and turn to him. And what happens so many times is we outthink ourselves. And this is, just think about this. What if the woman that was bleeding thought about things too much? What if she heard the words of Jesus and she said, look at me. Man, I'm bleeding right now. Man, this is embarrassing. I can't go up and touch his garment. I just can't do it. Think about that. What if she felt the throne in the presence of God and she had said, I can't, I don't know what people will think about me. What about this? Man, I know that religious leader. Man, I know all those people there. I used to go to that synagogue. And because of this bleeding, I haven't been here a while. And and God, I feel you. God, I sense you. God, I know you're here. But I just can't go. They'll think think it horribly about me. Man, if I go to that altar today, they're going to think I have a sin in my life. Guess what, guys? We all do. And we need to repent and turn to God all the time and judge and look at our lives and clean them up the best we can. But, but what if, what if she would have thought about the laws and she would have said, man, by, by going up there, I'm violating the law. Do you guys realize that she could have been stoned for doing what she did? Do you guys realize that? What will the religious world think about me if I respond to the presence of God? Wow. And let's even go a little bit further. She was unclean, and she touched God. I hear this one all the time. Pastor, I'm so bad. That's a lie from Satan. You're thinking too much. She was, she was unclean, and she touched God. And we sit in our seats on Sunday mornings because we're so unclean that we can't touch God and we won't because we're judging ourselves. He with his, without sin casts the first stone. Today God's dealt with us. If you're here today and you need to be saved, I want you to come to me and we're going to pray for salvation. 
But if you're here today and God's touched your life and you just need to repent of something and give it to him, don't worry about what anybody thinks. Don't outthink it. Just do it. Fight to be one with God. Fight to be one as a body of Oakton. Fight for who we are. Amen? We'll stand to our feet. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And the Lord rebuke you, Satan, of anything you're trying to do now to distract. Father, you put things on my heart that I've already repented of. Father, you put things on other people's heart here today. Father, I ask that we'd have boldness and step out for you now. In Jesus' name. Let's just start stepping out now and come to these altars now.